0: And welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I'm Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Hey, everyone. We want to take a
1: moment to tell you about a really great podcast called Behind the Velvet Rope.
0: Yep, that's right. Behind the Velvet Rope is a Bravo-themed podcast where host David Yontef, friend to many a reality TV star, interviews housewives, Bravo Lebrities and other reality TV talent. And if there's one thing David knows about, it is Housewives.
1: Some of his recent guests have included Sutton Strack, Tamara Judge, Melissa Rivers, Sheena Shea, Jill Zarin, Jenny Polos, Captain Sandy, and the list goes on and on and on.
0: But really, David literally has a guest list from the reality TV universe that we could only dream of. And whether they are currently on a hit show like The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, or haven't been on your TV screen for years, gone but never forgotten is David's motto. Absolutely. And he's got such a cool, relaxed
1: interview style, which makes you feel totally at ease. But let me tell you, if there's a story to get to the bottom of, he totally goes there. Just when you think there's a question he may not
0: ask, he asks it. Yeah. And the best thing about Behind the Velvet Rope podcast is that it's five days a week. That's right. A new episode drops every weekday, Monday to Friday. I have no idea how he does it. I know, right? So what are you waiting for? Subscribe to Behind the Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts and get ready to have all your housewives, Bravo TV, and reality TV dreams come true. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of TV, my husband hates. We are back again as ever, every week. Except we are gonna be taking a break this week. This this year, aren't we, Reagan? We are. We are gonna take the
1: because both Fridays, like Christmas and New Year's, both fall on Fridays, which are our days to record. And this year we're just gonna to have to take them off because we've been hard at it, man. It's been a weird year, and we need a little bit of a break.
0: We need a break. Do you know what? I'd like lo- I'm looking forward to being able to watch the shows without having to take notes. Right. I can get, I'm so excited Like (laughs) because I normally have, say we watch like five or six shows a a week. It's like the best part of five or six hours. So normally pre-podcast, I would spend those five or six hours cleaning the bathrooms or doing some ironing or cleaning the kitchen because I could watch that shit while I was doing those things. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now I have to sit down for those five to six hours to write the notes, which means that basically the bathrooms don't get cleaned and the ironing doesn't get done. So my, my family are going to be like, fuck the clothes are ironed, fuck the bathrooms are clean.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if my family will go completely that far, but um, it'll be nice just to have some downtime. I'm pretty bad at scheduling downtime for myself. Um, I think that comes from when you work for yourself, you just work all the time and you don't take vacation. You don't take time off. And so during this whole COVID thing, I've I've not had any time. Like, my work schedule and podcast schedule has just gone on, which, again, totally not complaining about. I love this podcast. I love taking notes about these shows. But it'll be nice to take some downtime with, like, actually have downtime with my family. That's what I'm looking forward to.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think because you've only been self-employed for a couple of years now, right? Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. three years. I mean, I've, I've kind of been self-employed for... 10 years now and so I yeah. have got to a point where I know that it's so important for me to stop and like last Christmas I didn't even go on Instagram for a whole week like yeah. and I know to normal people that sounds like well all right that's not weird but that but is, if for it's me I spent eight or nine mm-hmm. hours a day on Instagram like yeah that was fucking weird and it was it's it's it was like I was addicted like yeah. it was like I had to not have my phone on me. Otherwise I was still looking, but funnily enough, a day, a couple of days. And then I never, even, I didn't even want to no. go back on.
1: No, I think it'll be really nice for all of us to unplug. I mean, we'll of course still be watching shows and we'll still have the group up. You want to throw something up in our group on Facebook, do it. You guys have chats all on your own about what's going on on the shows. Um, maybe some of us will chime in if we can't quite kick. I need to get on that media group habit. a little
0: bit more. I need to get a little bit more into the whole TV, my husband hates social media thing. And I have been really slack on it, but I've been slammed with other stuff. But lovely Reagan, who is an absolute superstar, is keeping the whole fucking thing afloat right now. So on on a public level, and I have said this to her privately, but on a public (laughs) level, I would like to give big props to my co-host Reagan, who... Didn't bitch and moan when I was like, I can't do it. I'm really struggling with time. She was like, babe, don't worry. I got this. Just let me know what you need. And so big props to you. Yay. I love you. Thank you very much. Yay. Well, ultimately, that's the way
1: a partnership works. We just have to communicate our needs and one will take up for the other when it's needed.
0: It's true. That, that couple's therapy is working out really well. For us. Um, <laughs> also, so really a-
1: quickly... Um, If you guys could hop on and rate and review, we always leave this to the very end. But I feel these past couple of weeks, we've been better about doing it in the beginning. So hop on to iTunes, give us your star rating, write a little thing in the comments. We'd love to hear
0: what you guys think. And it helps us, you know,
1: spread the word.
0: It does. Now, listen, there's going to be a slightly different lineup today because we have... um We've removed Salt Lake City from our lineup, not because we've removed it for good, but because we had a guest who wanted to talk about Salt Lake City. So you will find um, that we have also released a mini-sode this week with the amazing David Yontef, who hosts the Behind the Velvet Rope podcast. And let me tell you, this guy knows every single Bravo celebrity reality TV star personally, and he brings the tea to our minisode, doesn't he?
1: For sure, I loved him. Like that, Me too. the interview was so much fun. We actually just we just did it, so um. we did.
0: <laughs> we did. So we're like buzzing a little bit off the back yeah. of that. But so you, we won't include Salt Lake City in this. We've got him for an interview. He tells us all about behind the velvet rope and all his kind of experiences and chats, and gives us his opinion on the people he's met in real life. Um, and we discuss Salt Lake City. So if you want to listen to that then head over there and make sure that you do that too.
1: Yeah, go to the mini-sode. And also, we have postbag this week. Whoop so whoop. the postbag question was based on Below Deck, where we had the guest celebrating his 50th birthday, who totally spunked his load too soon, which I am 100% guilty of doing <laughs> most of the time. So, so the postbag question was...
0: Uh, tell us about your most memorable birthday. Well, we had a few answers come through. Um, we had, uh, l- let's just start off with Jenny, Jenny M. Max, who was said my 40th in Ibiza close friends, family, good music, food, epic. This is 40. Now let me tell you, that's my perfect 40th, like oh, swanky yeah. villa in Ibiza friends, great food, a ton of nannies to look after the children. Um, that that's that's my dream for my 40th yeah I think, or a super
1: try to make that happen maybe we have to make it for our 41st but it can still be there <laughs> oh. uh, or we just depressing. leave all the kids at home uh-uh. uh here's another one my 21st my dad and best friend got hammered taking shots and dancing on the table which Now, is- what
0: is it with dads at birthday parties
1: do they just they i mean i think normal dads cut loose like my dad is not a normal dad so you would never see him like doing shots he'd be the quiet one like drinking a shiner bach in the corner like that's my, so my dad. dad's
0: weird like i remember this is like k- kind of a traumatic experience for me and he swears that it's not true but i know for a fact it's true <laughs> There are two traumatic experiences. One was like my seventh, sixth or seventh birthday. And we had like a garden party because my birthday's July. Um, And my dad, who is six foot, he was probably like six foot two, six foot three, um, tall, skinny, looks exactly like John Cleese, like Monty Python's John Cleese. Um, He dressed up in a a Boy Scout outfit. Reagan, like, you can't can't see it, but like her face- her face reflects my feelings. Like an American Boy Scout uniform? Well, no, like you know, a British one. It's like short gray shorts, like a, a woggle and a, and a cap. It was weird. It was What's really a woggle? weird. A woggle's like, you get a scarf and you wrap it around and then it, the woggle is like okay. the little thing that the holds little the thing scarf there? together. Um. It was really bizarre, and it always freaked me out a little bit. always felt a little bit inappropriate in a way that I couldn't quite put my finger on. Oh, he just 100%. looked a little pervy. I'm going to be honest. He just looked <laughs> a little really pervy. really weird. <laughs> he did. And then the other birthday experience wasn't my birthday. It was actually my dad's 50th birthday. And somebody – we had a big, big party up at the house in the Yorkshire Dales, and it was, like, deranged. Like, everybody was hammered, and me right. and my best friend were there just, like – serving canapes and trying not to get in the way but also sneaking booze and stuff um my dad got given a gold sequined thong yeah reagan you can already see where this is going and everybody was like put it on put it on i'm not joking i was like sat there going please don't please don't do that and he went off because obviously he was half cut went off put on his thong and then dropped his trousers in front of everybody. It was so mortifying.
1: Oh my.
0: I know, I know. Oh, And I will never get that image out of my mind. I can tell you exactly where he was standing in the room. I can tell you the color of the chair he was stood next to. It is forever going to be branded on my brain. Oh no. Oh no. So Papa KF. He doesn't even to- have an ass,
1: so like for me, like the way I'm picturing it is like just this like flat
0: thong back. It was awful. <laughs> I mean, I got the front view. Oh, oh even worse. <laughs> I'd rather have seen the butt you than the bulge. By far
1: want to be in the tail end of that situation, but I'm no, bummed. I
0: got the bulge. Ooh. It was not. No. Oh god. No. Okay. No,
1: that's not okay. Listen.
0: Let's do one. Let's do some more post bag answers. Sorry to hijack that. So here's, right. here's one that from Ginge Gould, and my heart goes out to this woman. I want to give her a cuddle and a shot all at yes. the same time. She says, I can't remember my 21st for all the wrong reasons. I developed sepsis the day before my 21st, spent my birthday and the following week in recess. All developed from mastitis from my three-week-old baby—a morbid story, but it means that I've really cherished every birthday since. Oh, what is <laughs> rhesus? It like recess. I think it's like. Um, is it like uh, intensive care? That's the word okay. I'm looking for. Okay, perfect. I mean, that's a dark birthday story. Isn't it? Oh, that's horrific. Also, whenever oh, anybody says man. the word mastitis, I just feel oh. pins and needles in my boobs. Like me so too. Bad.
1: Like they almost get hard and like
0: like embracing themselves. It's (laughs) like phantom mastitis. Phantom
1: mastitis eight years after the fact. Oh, 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 that's a terrible one. Um, This next one is, I fell through a glass table on my 27th birthday, woke up the next day and asked what happened. Oh God, I can I identify it. so hard with that. <laughs> I don't think I've broken a table, but I can I can definitely say that I've been on the lash and woken up and been like, "What the fuck happened to my shoes?"
0: <laughs>
1: you know, or
0: something. Yeah. No, I mean, I I totally know. I mean, I've woken up like with holes in my clothes going, "How did that?" And like nothing sinister. Yeah, yeah. But like did I fall over and everybody's like did you fall like did you like you basically crawled home and I will have not remembered. <laughs>
1: no, me too. Or I've woken up with like really like scuffed up knees cuz yeah. I've like tripped and fu- cuz yeah, I'm not coordinated the on the best of days, but the
0: unidentified drunken injury for um, sure. We've all been there, but let's get on with our very first show which is of course yeah. as always at the moment Potomac and um Interestingly, I think let's kick off with Wendy and her mom and that chat.
1: I feel for Wendy, man, because it took a lot of guts for her to have this conversation with her mom with all their history. But her mom was like not into this conversation at all. I could not believe that she calls Wendy like a spoiled brat and essentially says everything good in Wendy's life is, is her doing.
0: And I think it's really important to remember that this is so culturally embedded. Like yeah, this isn't sure. just her mum being kind of a witch. Like this is so, a, such a cultural thing. And not just the Nigerian thing, but also just the immigration thing as well, right? People, yeah. immigrants from everywhere, parents tend to be really hard on their kids and have super high expectations because they, have sacrif they feel like they have sacrificed so much in leaving their home country and their family behind to give the best to their kids that when their kids don't like make the most of it and get straight A's and excel and become doctors, they feel slighted by it. And and I can understand that, but I just, it also, there's a part of me where it, it, it sits so difficultly in that surely there's more of a self-awareness as well. And it's like, don't you just love your daughter and you want her to be happy? Well, let's be real. It's not like she's talking
1: about, I don't know, like ditching being a professor and becoming like a professional bow maker or like just a (laughs) hobby. Like she's stopping, she doesn't want to be a professor anymore so she can pursue being a political analyst on very highly sought after network shows to like really put out you know, the African woman point of view and, like, really make her voice heard. Yeah. Which is what her mom is all about.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's not like, you're right, it's not like she's saying, I'm going to go off and be a bloody influencer. Do you right. know what I mean? An Insta-wanker. She's like, I'm actually going to go and do something quite, like, lend my voice to a fight that's really current that needs to have strong black women. Hell yes. Yes being, being <laughs> proponents of, you know, I mean, this is not like, you, do you know what I mean? I think her mom though, it's old school and, yeah. and I think she comes round in the end, doesn't she? Oh, I'm, she does yeah. kind of say like, you know, I want you to be happy and, and sort of pulls it together. But it is, it is a whole different thing because it's just not something that we would do as mums, or in fact that we'd no. even expect our mums to do. For sure. For sure. Um, What's and then the Michael and Ashley. Uh, yeah, I was going to say
1: let's continue the uh, family disappointment train. But uh, yeah. Michael <laughs> finally has to have <laughs> the chat with Ashley's family, and
0: how are we feeling about Michael? Like, are we feeling like he is changing? Are we? Do we? Do we buy it? What's going so on? So I'm
1: of two, I'm of two minds because obviously in real life Ashley is pregnant for the second time. And she said she like that, like she kind of made the vow that if everything happened again, she would leave him. So in my mind, I kind of know, okay, maybe he's he's really turned it round because he's actually had something to lose this time, and everything is fine. But on my other mind, I'm like, dude, this guy is not going to change. He's like sixty years old. There are yeah. not a lot of sixty year olds change who they are, like well, who they are I mean, inside.
0: Like, I think it's possible, but I think it needs a shit ton of therapy and I think it needs an active decision on his part. You know, I don't blame Ashley's family at all for putting him through the ringer. Like, I would do the same. I would expect a face-to-face apology. I'd I'd expect to be able to grill him and make sure that this was, like, it and to lay down the law. Um, But I, I don't see him doing the work that I think probably needs to be done
1: for sure. I mean, obviously like it's, it's not out there that he has done the work. He could, he could be doing the work and that's fine. I just, I don't know if he has it in him to change. And I don't mean to be an asshole about that. I just feel like this has been such a pattern in his life. And I'm sure it was a pattern in his life pre Ashley. I mean, I'm sure this is just who he is. And ultimately it's fine if you're not married and you know, you're not harming your children to do whatever the fuck you want. Like I'm down with that, but I don't know.
0: Yeah, I, just I agree. I, I just, I don't, I, I don't see him changing, but then I also see Ashley being a really good influence on, like, I do think that they yeah. have this connection and I wonder if, the baby and her being strong for the first time and really laying down the law is going to be enough. Maybe it is. I mean, she's is. still with him.
1: Yeah. So who knows? Yeah. Who? I mean, I, that kind of leads me to believe it is like if they're still together, I think maybe she's, you know, really helped him see the light, but
0: we'll um, see. We'll see. Now th- this week's big, event obviously was the Whig party which kind of started oh last God. week with people asking karen while they were in portugal whether karen was going to invite monique i mean, and karen very clearly said no yeah like, categorically no i am not inviting monique
1: i know it will be a problem i'm not going to be inviting her
0: candace said thank you i really appreciate that right so this was a very clear conversation the vt show we saw it all yeah then it turns out that she did invite Monique, but Monique has said no. Right. So I don't know whether she just took Monique's turning down of the invitation as a chance to look like the big guy and say, right. oh, look, I'm just not inviting her, when actually she had, but she'd said no. Or whether um she just said she wasn't going to invite her and then invited her anyway, and Monique turned it down. But who was it? but then she encourages Monique to come. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you
1: come early, help me set up, do all that kind of stuff so like you can still support me but not be around the girls, right? Yeah. Which is so ridiculous. Like thirty minutes is no time. Don't ever invite somebody to do that and then fucking push them out the door. I because mean that somebody was, may happen to come early.
0: It was so I'm no horrific. fan of Monique, but that was that was awful. But then we find out Candace says well, she asked me to come early too. Yeah. So I don't know whether Karen was thinking in her, like this grandiose way that the grand dame would be the one to kind of bring them yes. together and have this sorted out. Obviously Candice is late to everything, so didn't turn up uh, early as well. Right. But but it's weird because then when Candice was arriving, it's like she kind of orchestrated to bring them together but then was in a hurry to get Monique out of the door. Like, I I don't know what Karen's playing at. I don't either. I
1: think, but I do think you're right. I think Karen, in her wisdom as the grand dame, thought that if anybody was going to be able to make these two women come together, it would be her. And maybe if there was like, you know, this, there was this like time crunch on the event, she'd be able to make it happen. But then, yeah, maybe she couldn't figure it out. I don't know. It was like the most awkward interaction on TV until some later interactions in the same party.
0: Well, and then the guy then the girl's kind of challenge her on it, right? And they're yeah. like S- so what's going on with this? And cuz wouldn't gets, like, you? Right? Because you gets, would You'd be like,
1: I, "Hey, you told us she wasn't coming." And she was coming. Like, what are you playing at?
0: And and she just gets super defensive. Like she storms out of her own Party, not before throwing Robin a parting shot out of left field about what one's doing when he's drunk.
1: Listen, Karen has something deep and dark against Robin because I feel anytime Robin says anything to her, like, Karen just, like, flips the bitch switch and immediately goes, like, defensive, dark and deep on whatever robin has said even if it doesn't make any damn sense
0: i mean i just think karen is one of those people that if she's ever caught out in a mistake or a lie is denied till she dies right there's never any accountability 100%. with 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 karen so she'll always just fight fire with fire she'll just create drama and storm out rather than confront Absolutely. any real issue but this this throw out to Robin
1: is so weird. But this is the thing. I feel like she is defensive with everybody, but she is fucking mean to Robin. She was mean to her by the pool earlier on, like this season when she just mentioned something. Yeah, she was. Oh, when she like mentioned the drinking or whatever, she got real defensive and just fucking mean to Robin. And then this is like the only the second time Robin has said something directly to like challenge her. And again, it's been like, Right below the belt, right in like the fucking heart spot, like she's just a dick know. to her. And Robin is so fucking cool. Like there are a yeah, lot I of love other Robin. people who I think would warrant being more of an asshole to like, you could be more of an asshole to Candace. I'm sure she's said something fucking really, really wrong to you. you could be more of an asshole to Giselle. Like there are people who you can be a little bit meaner to because I'm sure they've done something to you. Robin is not that girl.
0: I don't know. No, I fully agree. I think you're absolutely right. I don't know what it is with with Karen and and Robin. I don't know really what it is with Karen. Full stop. Actually, like she's just so off the reservation at the moment that she's you know th- I I just couldn't believe her attitude this week and just storming out of her own party. Who does which them? by the way but also this is another one of karen's things like oh i've got a perfume thing oh now i've got a wig thing and it's in some like salon in an industrial estate or whatever it's it's just so weird she's so fucking odd and it's like why don't you understand that people can see through your bullshit like stop right. trying to make a fucking silk purse out of a sow's ear just call it a sow's ear and hope for the fucking best and they'll turn up they'll support you yeah but they But when you keep trying to oversell things and make things more than they are, people just think you're full of crap. Yeah, because you probably are. Because you are. While we've got you here, we'd love to talk to you about our brand new Patreon account. Woohoo! It's all the extra content
1: that is not only about reality TV, but all the other TV that we happen to be watching.
0: And if that wasn't cool enough, we also give away a little bit more about ourselves, so there's lots of personal stuff on there too if you want to get to know us better. So head on over to Patreon.com, search
1: for TV My Husband Hates, and all this extra content can be yours for less than a cup of coffee.
0: Or a glass of wine.
1: Whatever you choose
0: okay so let's move on to below deck i don't know about you reagan but i'm struggling with this season of below deck i feel like
1: i mean last season was so explosive and we had loads to talk about all the time i don't even feel like they remember that this is a show like i feel like this is just cameras on a boat and we're just watching what they happen to be picking up doesn't feel produced or edited
0: no and it doesn't feel like they're making an effort and there's this fine line between kind of being authentic and kind of providing entertainment but but there's nothing i mean the only i i i think rachel is going to provide some entertainment like watching her for go sure. batshit crazy over that caviar was like it was like jimmy sat down for 5 or 10 minutes to watch it with me and even he's looking at me going is she for real i'm like i but think she really is could for you real. imagine I think though that's her. If you had like specifically ordered caviar, you
1: saw the wrapper was a caviar wrapper and then you checked it and it was salmon. Like it's a fairly large thing.
0: No, you would, but like her reaction, I mean. Oh yeah.
1: She's totally over the top.
0: (laughs) and like the best (laughs) possible way. I can watch her all day. Um, But I mean, other than that, there's really nothing about this episode that gets me even remotely excited. I mean, it's cute to see Captain Lee and his wife and to hear that story.
1: Oh, I love the whole like love story between the chef and, or not the chef, the captain and the chief stew. But it also for me kind of was like, I wonder if he kind of misses Kate because Kate was kind of his work wife. Like she knew all his quirks and he didn't have to like explain things to her. And now he's dealing with Francesca and he's missing his wife. The whole crew seems really messed up.
0: It is messed up, but also I don't think that story would have made the cut in any other season no. of Below Deck. Do you know what I mean? It's For like, sure, no. They've got nothing <clears throat> else to talk about. We've had Captain Lee's love story before. When yeah, it, there's just nothing else to talk about. I mean, the most exciting thing is probably Shane. Yeah, but like that's a stretch. Calling it exciting. Yeah, I mean the same with like I
1: think we're gonna see Ashling rise to second stew. I think we're seeing her really outperform Elizabeth. But again, like okay.
0: <laughs> I know.
1: Okay, some so job you're great. At your job. Going
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, mean even the
1: guests are like, eh, like they wrote a bunch of shit on their preference sheet because they thought it made them sound fancy. They're not actually that fancy. Okay.
0: I I mean it's I'm struggling. To think of anything. I mean, I don't think Shane's going to last past next episode. No, I feel, I, f- I mean, hopefully
1: we'll get some new blood and some shakeup. Or even just I mean, some more exciting guests. Like, get the pain in the ass guest back on. At least that's something. Because, like, this was...
0: <laughs> well, I fest. think the problem is, like, as much as I, like, as a person, yeah. find <laughs> Hannah difficult... Everything's from the top down, right? So if you've got slightly batshit crazy chief's shoes and slightly batshit ch- crazy bosuns, then something cool's gonna happen. Yeah, or misogynistic but we've got assholes. Fucking vanilla Eddie. Like, yeah. it could not be more beige cardigan if a beige cardigan. I mean, cardigan he drives a tugboat.
1: On. Like, his normal I mean, job
0: is a tugboat captain.
1: I mean, he's, he's a lovely just, person, he's caring and he doesn't slag people
0: off, but. He's dull. He's so dull. Yeah. Like, I'd rather stab hot needles into my eyeballs and fill them with bin juice. Yeah. Like, he's just dull, dull, dull. James, I think, has potential, but there's nobody for him to bounce off. No, he needs a banter partner. He needs a banter partner. And and Izzy's not doing it because I don't think her banter's that genuine. I think she's just trying to be something. Yeah. Uh, Francesca's fairly boring. Yeah. it It He's, is literally like
1: there just happened to be cameras on this boat. Not yeah. that this is a show. So we'll see. I mean. I feel like oh it's God. bad casting. Will we drop below deck this? Who time? knows?
0: Well, I mean, we're picking
1: up Atlanta next week. So. We are. But we're also Listen, losing Potomac. Potomac's finale is tonight. This is Sunday. So Potomac's finale is tonight. So we'll be dropping Potomac and picking up atlanta again well
0: we'll see i mean i i love below Jacket. it's always been one of my favorite I, I franchises know. i'm waiting for it to kick off but it is dull as shit right now i mean maybe covid will spice things
1: up because we haven't gotten to the covid yet
0: <laughs> i mean it doesn't say much for a tv show though if you need a when pandemic to make COVID. it interesting yeah exactly <laughs>
1: most oh, of the reality tv shows to kick in
0: <laughs> most of the reality tv shows were like oh no we've lost it now it's boring because of covid and nobody right. can hang out because of covid this one we're like we need covid to spice this shit up like it's oh, there's man. just nothing happening
1: no no we'll see maybe, it's maybe like pulling something teeth. will happen or maybe we'll just drop it who knows or maybe we'll just drop. It. we're ruthless like that
0: fuck it we are who now shit <laughs> yeah we are we, we don't get paid enough to talk about boring fucking
1: shows oh no speaking of which which uh, we're about to segue into another show but um million dollar listing new york is supposedly coming back and i texted Kat, but i was just like i mean how interesting could it be like they're in like full covid lockdown no no i mean i'll watch it on my own because i think yeah porn is fun but there's nothing to really talk about on that show anymore
0: no, we'll 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 leave that to the to for us to enjoy. Yeah. Um, listen, let's move on to the OC. I think we'll just have to wait for Below Deck to fucking sort itself out. And meantime, let's move on to another show that I feel is kind of underperforming on the Bravo uh, roster at the moment. The OC, yeah, the OC. And um, if
1: you are if you do end up listening to the mini-sode, which you definitely should check out with David, um, we talk a little bit about the OC on that one as well, but yeah so it seems like the girls are continuously confused by elizabeth's
0: divorce story and rightly so well uh, here's what i think it is confusing yeah but i think it's confusing because it's really real and like we do talk about this on the Minnesota. so please please go and watch it because it is great like david's chat he really knows yeah he knows these people like it was so much fun um but I think Elizabeth is one of the OC cast members that is genuinely not ruined by reality TV yet. Like, she's not got her PR guard up. Yeah. And I think that she is messy in a really, emotionally messy in a really real way. And the sides of her that are perhaps less flattering are still quite endearing because at least it's real, right? Absolutely, absolutely. I love Elizabeth. I think she
1: is actually one of my favorites. Part of me also wants to be like the reason these girls are so interested is because you keep talking about it, but you only give, but you can only talk so much because obviously a lot of this divorce is you know on a on a do not chat list or whatever. What do they call it? Non disclosure, like an NDA. You can't yeah, chat about. She's under it. a gag order. Yeah. So like the little bits don't make any sense, and you as a person can't really expunge on them. It's just a fucked up situation but it is very real
0: and she is obsessed like there is nothing yeah. else going on in her life right now except this divorce and i've been in places like that you know Heck, when you've yeah. got this new boyfriend that's treating you terribly but you think he's great you know that kind of dark yeah, moment yeah. and it's all you can talk about and you are in that habit of bringing them into every conversation yeah. and they're, everything she's there and everybody's and the like fucking her. shut
1: up we hate this guy yeah. we don't want to hear about him yeah,
0: and the girls tell her like, "You're bored. It's getting boring." <laughs> but it's because it's like all she's got. Like she's processing. Yeah. It's all she's got in her life, and and it's such a damaging situation because it's dark from the inside out. This oh. whole relationship. It
1: made my um, heart break for her because I mean, this has been going on for six years. This divorce. This is a I fucking mean, long, exhausting. Time. It's, it's exhausting. A
0: That's a full-time Yeah, it is. Yeah. And it's it's fighting, right? You're fighting for six years. And you've got to watch everything you say and everything you do for six years. And I think Gina's right. If you've got enough money, fucking take the money and run. Yeah. Walk away.
1: For sure. For sure, Gina is the voice of reason in that. I mean, I do like that chat that happened between Bronwyn, Kelly, and Elizabeth. Because obviously, like, Bronwyn and Kelly have known Elizabeth for a long time. And honestly, like, as, you know, real friends do, I would expect my real friends to be like, dude, you really got to stop talking about this. Like, we love yeah. you and we're here for you, but you got to stop. Like, it's not fun in a group setting.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and they weren't mean about it, but they were no. like, the time has come. Like, yeah. we're staging an intervention. we <laughs> um, Speaking of Bronwyn, I thought this episode was really interesting because obviously this is the point at which we are seeing covid really breaks yes. out in LA and they're going into lockdown and Bronwyn obviously newly sober that face it that brings up a whole lot of issues and i can't even imagine how terrifying that must be being newly sober what she's 42 days sober i think in this episode yeah and going into lockdown so think about it she's going to one maybe two meetings a day at the moment that yeah. can't happen anymore like no. she's bored in the house in the house bored and tiktokers will get that reference and um she that's a trigger right she, what what did we all do in lockdown we just started fucking drinking yeah um yeah i, I could not even imagine I'd it's be gonna be really shitless. difficult yeah
1: well because it's not like aa is like a a chain restaurant where you can be like oh well I'll just hop online and do like online aa meetings i mean they're all run by the members like there's not like an organization that sets these up it's just people gathering together
0: well, and in the end they did all go online, thank goodness. Yeah. But at the time, right. she didn't know that. So that must be a really scary place to be. And also just the whole anybody not sober, not suffering with addiction, going through a pandemic, that's could scary you, enough as it is.
1: Could you imagine being locked in a house with that many children needing to homeschool, needing to do all this stuff and like not having your like coping belt? Your coping no. belt is empty because you don't know how to cope with things anymore because yeah. you've used alcohol for so long.
0: Yeah. I mean that's it's frightening. That's terrifying. And I mean listen, you can all go on about how it's easier with a massive house and a pool and let me tell you I'm sure it is easier yeah. with a massive house <laughs> for and a sure. pool. <laughs> just to be clear. <laughs> Let's be real. And also half her kids are probably of an age where they can help with the younger the kids. So I can would do the youngers. So I think that there's yeah. enough hands on, but that's just logistically, like emotionally and mentally yeah. That's a fucking huge pressure to have on you. And 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 there's an element of Bronwyn being a little bit sort of almost like ADHD anyway. Like she struggles to concentrate, like to figure, she's very fucking manic, isn't she? Yeah. She's vibrating at this like really high frequency. Right. So the thought of being contained and trapped, all of this while you're going through what you're going through if you're going through it, because there was some shade thrown on Bronwyn on a watch. What happens live? Like neither of us have seen it, but we've read about it. So yeah. Tell us. And what I'm you sure know, you Reagan. all
1: have as well. Like Kelly, Kelly was very vocal about a lot of the stuff on the show involving Bronwyn as not being a hundred percent fact. Like Kelly thinks her alcoholism is bullshit. Um, she also thinks, you know, Bronwyn has recently come out as being gay. She's, Kelly calls bullshit on that as well now I don't know I mean part of me wonders like is this just Kelly being Kelly being a dickhead because that's Kelly yeah or is some of it true like is someone looking for a spinoff show I mean who knows
0: I actually I do you know what I actually think that I I think Bronwyn is an alcoholic I don't know if you could fake
1: it to that point I don't either in real life
0: that that seems real to me uh, and maybe i'm just really gullible um the gay thing i don't know i mean i think um is it isn't it just a line i think honestly people change too like i think i think it's totally feasible <clears throat> for a woman of a certain age to decide that that's which i don't think it I don't think it's a choice. Obviously it's not a choice, but I think we're all on a sliding spectrum to a certain extent. And I think that that spectrum can change according to experiences. And I think if she now wants to go and explore that, then go and explore that. Well, I mean, she's been
1: very open about We'd have to put a label on it. I mean, she's been very open about threesomes happening in her marriage. And it very much was always two women and her husband, always. Like it would never be two dudes and, and her. So... You know, I think maybe this is just something she's still exploring. I think you're absolutely right. Like, maybe she just feels comfortable putting this label on it for now. And, I mean, a lot of social media that I've seen have been like, oh, you know, poor Sean and blah, blah, blah. But part of me is like, maybe Sean has known about this all the time. Like, you don't know. You see, like... This much yeah. of their real life. You have no idea the real conversations that have happened between Sean and Bronwyn and what he knows and what he doesn't know and what he's had a hand in and what he hasn't had a hand in. Like,
0: I don't know. This is a long story for them. Like this isn't but, just yeah. the, the four or five seasons we've seen her in. No. You know, see, this is like nearly 30 years this is of the 20 years of marriage. Right. So, yeah. you know, like let's let's just give them, I'm not going to sit here and call somebody a liar. Like when it comes to alcoholism and, and their sexuality, I think that that's a reach. I think people can call themselves what they like. And and also alcoholism, let's be clear with Kelly. Like, I don't think Kelly's particularly empathetic or in tune with addiction and problems like or that. Like I think alcohol, yeah, I think alcoholism are going for her is like, it's <laughs> like sort of vodka for breakfast and fucked all the time. And I don't think she understands this idea of like a functioning alcoholic. And at the end of the day, if somebody feels they have a problem with alcohol, then they have a problem with alcohol. Right, right.
1: You have to respect that. You're not them. If they say they have a problem with it, then they do have a problem with it. Like it's, it's that simple. It's, it's not.
0: It's not for you to decide whether somebody else is an alcoholic or not. No. Um, so we'll see, but, I mean, this lockdown thing and, of course, Gina's stuck in her sad, oh. depressing little house with six <laughs> kids. I mean, this is the point where I do feel sorry for Gina that her
1: house is is on the smaller side and they have six children to homeschool and take care of in there. I mean, that's, that's major. I have no idea how people co-parent during COVID and figuring out, like, who's going to be the one staying at home and, like, doing the homeschool. Is it something that's shared? Do they just... You know, spend all week here and all week there. And that parent has to do, like, I don't know.
0: I mean, at first, when we went into lockdown here, you weren't even allowed to switch the kids. Like, it was only later on in lockdown, like the kid was stuck where the kid was. Yeah. And then it was only later down that they kind of relaxed it that they could move the kids around in those kind of situations. But I mean, obviously, uh, my. I felt for her. I felt everything that she was feeling Like when she's talking to her mom and she's like, they've shut the schools for a month. I mean, I we've, we were there, right? Right. Was- <laughs> and be like, I was being the dickhead who was buying pasta
1: all the time. I didn't even buy toilet paper. <laughs> I love Gina. I love, I feel like we're seeing more and more of who Gina is come out. I think last season, was not necessarily authentically her because she was dealing with so many so much other shit. But, like, I'm really enjoying Gina this season. I'm enjoying seeing more of who she is with Travis, who she is as a mom, her New York roots coming out. I love it. I love it all.
0: Yeah, I do too. I find her... There's some... I don't know. It's weird. Like, there's something that I just don't warm to that much. But it isn't that I think she's a bad person. I just... I feel like we haven't known the real her. Like I'm getting to know her for the first yeah, yeah. time. I need a bit more time with Gina. Fair um, enough. And then we've got Shannon, obviously who unsurprisingly is just being a massive drama queen about everything and she needs to go.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, this one I think is interesting. So we see like Corona surging and we see kind of what everybody's doing. And, you know, Kelly's worried about business, which I think is a legit concern legit. for sure. Shannon does not have any legit concerns for me. Like, maybe, like I'm not whether or not she has this lung condition is being highly debated on social media. I don't really care. But I'm like, well, what else is going on in your life? Like, aren't you worried about homeschooling yeah. your kids? Doesn't seem so to be. You're just worried about using the last paper towel.
0: Well, and she's also the idiot that's stockpiling and think that that's the thing to do. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like right, oh,
1: the, just greedy, get a, the greedy, the yeah. greedy bastards of corona.
0: Just this entitled, I deserve to be the one. Do you know what I mean? It's like, fuck yeah. off. Just, yeah. I can't, I can't with her. She's too much. No, um, I'm over her. She. I. For me, she had a chance
1: to really make this season hers and kick ass yeah. and it just hasn't happened. And so I don't think it can.
0: No, I agree. I think she's way too insecure to be doing anything useful on this show now. And I think she's lost these anchors like as much as I think. Yeah. Tamara and vicky kind of overshadowed her she's nothing without them i no. think is what we're finding she doesn't have enough to i think shannon would be a own. great friend like be yeah. a friend on the show that's about
1: as much as she has to offer in my opinion she can't be an anchor person
0: no i agree um now normally we'd s- 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 um oh i couldn't speak then I had a moment <laughs> normally we would slot Salt Lake City, in here. I mean, that's not easy to say. To give me it's credit, not. slot Salt Lake City. It's slot hard. Salt Lake. Um, but we uh, we're not going to because we did that's it on, on a the menu menu episode, and you Pop should go over and listen there. to that for sure. Um, uh, but don't go before you fin- before you listen no. to our chat on Southern Charm because that's coming up. Yes, right now Southern and Charm this, is back. It is, and I am glad that we've added this because I think that this is is. We've spoken about it last week. I think that they are the one show that is handling COVID, Black Lives Matter, like, head on. I think in the other shows, it's very much in the background. Right. And we're seeing it creep in. Um, But it's full head on with Southern Charm, and I love it. Yeah, because,
1: I mean, Southern Charm just, like, stopped stopped production. Like, they didn't even have them try to, like, film themselves and do all that kind of weird stuff. They just... They stopped and then they picked back up and they picked right back up in kind of the height of the Black Lives Matter movement, which is so fascinating in this part of the United States because this is a part of the United States that still has people flying the Confederate flags and statues of very vocal pro-slavery kind of icons of the United States past. And so in this episode, we see kind of leva and you know talking about taking down the statue of cal uh, i forget his name i know the last name is calhoun mr calhoun yeah mr calhoun catherine's like great 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 grandfather who was a vice president of the united states who was also very pro-slavery and so they needed they're trying to take his statue down in and it's square. really
0: it's really interesting because charleston's For for a southern city, incredibly white, right? It's it's like. I mean, most southern cities are incredibly white, but yeah. But it's a very like, very wealthy. Very,
1: it was a port town, so it got all the money from the ships. Like, it's always been a very. I mean, that's where like the cotton came in and came out. Like, it's always been a very affluent city.
0: Um. So it's it's really interesting to sort of see this. It's kind of like a microcosm, right? It's really. I feel like the way, I feel like if you look at Danny and Catherine in this particular episode, like we don't see much of Catherine, but we get very, we we understand quite clearly where she's coming from. Like her, the recognition of her privilege is absolutely unthinkable to her. She doesn't understand it at all. Whereas you see Danny struggling, but really making the strides to comprehend it, you know, when she's like, oh my God, I never thought about that. And I'm ashamed that I did. You know, you can see Danny doing all the right things. Right. And you just know that Catherine's not going to be going down that route. No, and and maybe quite the opposite route. Yeah, because she's got herself so- into hot hot water at this point by sending a monkey emoji to a black lady on social media. Like, could Catherine be that stupid? Here's the thing. Yes, I absolutely think she can be. But yeah. I think there's no excuse for it. For like, sure. I think the fact that she can be that stupid. I think she is that stupid. I don't yeah. think she did it.
1: Racist. I don't think she did it.
0: With racist thoughts in mind. To be racist consciously. Right. right. I just am confounded by how she cannot understand that it is racist. That it yeah. that it has that effect, but she can't. I just don't think she can. I think her privilege is so embedded, right? And so there's there's no other way for her to think about this.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, and, I, I think you're 100 percent correct. Like, I think it's very telling that kind of you know we see we see at the rally around the statue a woman who is like you know my, my family you know. Was were slave, slave owners. owners? This is disgusting. We need to we need to rectify this, which I think is what you, what people need. And
0: to kind do, of apologizes like, on behalf of her family and her 100%. name. One hundred yeah. percent.
1: Recognize your privilege. Recognize where it came from, and start doing the work to change it. That's what you use your voice for—to amplify the the message, right? And to make other or to be quiet and let other people be heard. Whereas I think Catherine just.
0: I, I just think Catherine
1: lacks the ability to self-reflect.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think evolve. she's not very smart. Like, I just think it's beyond her, honestly. Like, the way that she reacts, and I think she's entitled and spoiled, and I don't think anybody's ever challenged her or asked her to think yeah. of anything other than what fucking color she used to wear in the morning. And I think when Lever says to her, or whoever it is, I can't remember, I'm sh- I think it's Lever about bringing the thing down she's like oh it's fine it's ugly like that's yeah. her response it's there's no consideration of the implications of this oh, and when was, you think about what's going on in the world right now like that yeah. that she that that's her response is that was her boss that was the woman who owned gwen oh it was her boss yeah 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 it was it was gwen's yeah. um, and she was like oh whatever that old thing it's ugly it's like Have a, have an opinion, like have an opinion. I I don't even care if she was fighting to keep that statue there. Like that would have been an opinion that I would have disagreed with, but respected. But to be so blasé about it and so ignorant is just unforgivable. No, for sure. Um... But she's going to come up against it this season. Like, she's going to get a rude awakening. And I don't know how she's going to handle it. But she's like, I just got so much hate for that. And I'm like, you can't see this?
1: Yeah, I I don't even understand why that emoji is there. To be really honest with you, like, I, I literally have never used it. It's never come up in a conversation. It's never been needed for me. I can list about 10 different emojis I'd rather have on there.
0: I use the see, no, speak, no, hear, no, yeah. evil monkeys, those ones right. for when like somebody sends me a picture I don't want to see. I'm like, oh, I'll send yeah. that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, I, I I think have the emoji, but let's use it because we saw monkeys at the zoo. Like, right, it, right. Let's be smart enough to to know when to not use that emoji. It just, yeah. I don't know. It just doesn't make any fucking sense to me. And she, no this is the, yeah. I'm I'm really not, I mean, intelligence. Catherine has always been a bit of a ride for me.
1: Like, I don't think I liked her at the beginning. Then I think I started to like her. And now I think I'm back on kind of the, you know what, she's never really changed kind of train of thought. Like, I think the last couple seasons, I was like, okay, like she is really growing and she's, ch- you know, trying to be the single mother and, you know, do all these things, especially last season. I was very pro Catherine last season. But yeah, like, me too. I've been and there very anti- things-
0: but there are things season. about her that I respect yeah. and and admire and you know completely separate it's this idea of being able to see the gray in people right and for sure I can see that she's grown into a great mother and she was in a shitty situation that she actually fought her way out of with grace and dignity I felt with the Ravenel thing and yeah. all of that do I think this is a great side of her no this is like the this is the yeah. shit side of Catherine. and do I think there's room for growth sure she's shown us she can grow um, I wonder if the growth is real, though. Like, for me, I feel like we're seeing
1: season one, season two, Catherine, all over again. Like, it, it's almost like this middle part has not happened.
0: Yeah. I mean, I still the think she's a good... Shit, I mean, she's no, still I know, a good but, mom.
1: Yeah, fair enough. But, I mean, like, she didn't have kids, like, those first seasons. And yeah. all she did was talk shit about people, like she did with, you know, Cameron and her husband. Yeah. Be fucking rude and not really give a shit. Like... I don't know. I just no, think, it's I think you may be
0: right. Yeah.
1: So we'll see. We'll, we'll see Is uh.
0: we will see. Know. And I think it's going to be, I, I think it's going to be a really interesting view, a really interesting watch to see this play out in Charleston in that city. For sure. For sure. I'm
1: really glad that they're including this and they are having this conversation, especially on this show. Um, I think it's really yeah. important.
0: Um, let's wrap up quickly with Austin and, uh, and Madison as well, because oh. this, uh, like, I, I love Madison. I for really sure. love her. Like she's a badass. She's a great mom. She looks after herself. She's a businesswoman She's beautiful. Yeah. She can be a little messy, but she's scrappy and feisty. And I like that about her. Yeah. Austin is just not good enough for it. He's just no. not there yet.
1: No, I cannot even believe that chat with Austin and his family, like his sister's from New York. So it was, like seen the dark side of COVID. Like they were hit fucking hard. And like, even just watching the show now, because this is June, this isn't like March when we didn't really know anything. This is the summer. We were all very aware of what we needed to do to try to stop this. And even me as the watcher looking at what's going on in South Carolina, where people aren't fucking wearing masks and there's like massive groups of people
0: and it's just like, what the fuck? I know. And this is only in the summer, right? This is like when it was Yeah, still... this is like this is a couple months ago. Like we yeah. all knew. I know, it's crazy. It wasn't and, March but, where we were unsure. No, but speaking of his sister, she fucking nails it. I love uh, that woman. When they're talking about Katie Madison- is a badass. And, and the thing is, of course, Austin's parents are like, you should work it out with Madison because they're hoping that she fuck just yeah. kicks him off their hands and right. drags him into adulthood. But her sister is like, she has a kid- Get serious or get the fuck out. And yes. I, s- like, standing ovation for Austin's yes. sister. Katie
1: Kroll, you are the fucking woman.
0: You really, really are. She genuinely is a boss. Um, and Austin is, what I love is Austin's, like, baffled that she has this opinion. Like, he can't even understand it. And it's because he's just an overgrown toddler. Yeah, well, and he doesn't understand why Madison's mad
1: at him that he could be positive and he's just been fucking around. And how dare him like turn it around on her about her being at her work being the exact same thing as him fucking around all night long drinking with who knows who?
0: Yeah, like, when he's you like, well, you well, I could have caught it, my friend. He's like, I could have caught it from you at work. I mean, do you know what? Well, maybe Even you if did. you did, she caught it at work earning a living. She didn't catch it out on the lash with a 100 randos, the single never t-
1: working mother may have <laughs> caught it at her job. You entitled
0: dickhead. I know. I know. He's, I hope Ugh. that she's, I hope this is the last straw. Like, she needs to ditch him. She needs to she, be with John Pringle. A hundred percent. She needs to be with John Pringle. Oh, she oh needs to be Massive
1: Pringle. crush box.
0: So massive. I what massive fizzy knickers for John Pringle. Hell yeah.
1: And he's kind of the one where, like, I watched some of what he says and I'm like, I should fucking be appalled at you. I know. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I agree. But he has this charm where you're like, I feel like he's a bad boy, but a good boy. Like he's good enough. He's got just about the right amount of good and bad. Well, that's what I was going to say. He's got like enough
1: of the bad boy to fucking make you be interested. And it's sexy and it's hot but he's also like a really good dude who like flies to go see his kids because that's what he needed to do during covid like because his yeah. kids couldn't see him and like there are all these other instances of him just being a great guy with a heart of gold and then they'll show some clip of him talking some shit about like hooking up with this girl when she was in a relationship and but you're like, just
0: like yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i know i feel the same but it is there is and something we're not alone. irresistible i we're know we're not alone
1: we did a poll on instagram which he responded to by the way and like made my fucking day um he shared our story and gave us oh my god hearts, i would have blushed heart boxes but um oh god now i can't find it um i was gonna pull up the uh percentage i think it was only like 20 percent of people thought we were insane because we felt that way but let me pull it oh up. no it is. I mean, I
0: don't, if I'm wrong in in fancying John Pringle, I don't want to be right. Hell
1: no. There were 232 who voted, it's all of us. We are all in the same boat with the sexy, bad boy, good guy vibes. But 89, were like, nope, it's just you guys.
0: Well, those 89 can suck a bag of balls.
1: They have no idea what they're talking about.
0: No, they're obviously uh, obviously blind and deaf. Yeah, wrong. (laughs) anyway listen that wraps us up for this uh week thank you so much remember please check out the minnesota with david Yontek. Yes. it is absolutely brilliant um he is really as close as you're ever going to get to this to the uh, housewives so i'm very excited to have him on the show uh yeah and of course just a little reiteration please rate and review but in the meantime thank you very much for giving us your time as always and remember Smart people watch reality TV too. Bye bye. Bye. Please subscribe, rate, and review
1: TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates, and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends. If Twitter's your thing, you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate. Theme music and production for TV My Husband Hates is by Jimmy Sims.